Hey friends and fam, it's John. It's time for the JMart cast. I've got a special guest, Lucas Duncan, here with us today, a member of the Toronto Bitcoin only community. It's actually his second time joining me on the podcast. The first time was a little bit of a, uh, it just didn't work out audio wise. So he's graciously accepted to come on a second time. So appreciate you coming on, brother. Welcome back. Oh, thank, thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's always, always a pleasure. Yeah, it's very nice to talk to you. Last time we had a great conversation. Too bad it didn't work out. And then I've seen you a couple times since at the uh, at the Bitcoin meetups. Most recently, we went. You and I maybe we can we can start with this as like a fun story before we really get into it. But we, you and I went to a Bitcoin meetup where we had it was right before the Toronto mayoral elections, and one of the candidates, kind of like a joke candidate, this guy named Chris Sky, but his his last name's not even Sky. It's like some long Italian last name that I can't remember. <laughs> he 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 was there trying to shell his uh you know mayoral candidacy to us with his like six point bitcoin platform that was complete garbage <laughs> oh it was and total i crap. just love that yeah i love uh your reaction to it because after his speech there was a question and answer period and you actually had a really good question that you asked and he didn't really answer it but one of his cronies like gave a really bad bs answer that was just oh, like oh yeah that was so bad that like you were your response was so great you're just like respectfully sir fuck that <laughs> and it's just like it was the best thing you could have said and i've been telling that to as many people as i possibly can <laughs> oh have you oh man yeah yeah man you know you got to that's that's kind of the job our jobs as bitcoin plebs you have to um you have to defend it you know that's because from people that don't really know what they're talking about that's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so that's why it's so important to be armed with as much information as possible so that you can uh, go in and, and, and just chop through all the garbage, right? Which is, which I think is my job, honestly. And I love doing it too. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah. And you didn't even start out with that, right? You actually just asked a really reasonable question. It was related to like real estate and uh, uh, crazy high prices that they've come to and just kind of asking if he has any plan as to what to do about, uh, you know, bringing some sort of control to that. And they had no reasonable no response whatsoever. Yeah. His, his, I think his NFTs, like, right? Well, his, do, do his, NFTs have to do with real estate? <laughs> his, his response was to like, Oh, well, let's just double down on the financialization of real estate and, uh, tokenize them and put them on this weird token thing and maybe we can spread out the ownership amongst a thousand people which okay well that doesn't really make any sense whatsoever you can't have a thousand people living in a, in a bedroom you know it doesn't really make a, a sense to split up a deed amongst a thousand people or, or it just made no sense so i thought you know what this is uh yeah. this is just terrible yeah and it was like <clears throat> excuse me and it was the classic uh, um um when the price goes up that was all that was part of his like answer we're going to tokenize it and when the price goes up it's going to be like so valuable everyone's going to be better off for it it's like that's always that's how you know it's a scam when they say when the price goes up okay mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the ponzi that's the ponzi and and really 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 bitcoin is the only something for nothing that exists uh, in, mm -hmm. in the world. And, and we can kind of get into that also, because, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of like what draws in a lot of people to Bitcoin is the number go mm -hmm. up thing, but it's, mm -hmm. it, it, it goes up in a, in a, in a more of a genuine way than just, you know, um, uh, having well, a monetary because of adoption because uh, of adoption. Yeah. And it doesn't have the, the monetary premium, uh, of, of real estate 
if this makes any sense. So like, you know, there's the utility value of a home, for example, which is what is mm-hmm. what it's actually worth because you it provides shelter and you live in it and you can raise your kids in it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Great utility. Uh, and and then there's a util and then there's a monetary premium that's kind of laid on top of it because it's used as an mm-hmm. investment, right? So that monetary right. premium grows, grows and grows and grows over time, especially when there's low low supply, high demand. And then you get things like huge liquidity injections. At least that's the thesis, right? So, yeah. Well, that's what happened mm-hmm. in 2020. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was my that was my first like light bulb moment. That was like, okay, we need to we need to look at some uh, at dumping this dollar thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So let let's um do a little rewind. I know we talked about this last time when you came on, but since I didn't release the podcast, let's do like the too long, didn't read version of like your kind of how you came about coming across Bitcoin and what you thought about it initially. And then what was kind of like the thing that was the switch that flipped in your mind that helped you kind of see it a little bit for more than what it was. Yeah. So I first heard about it in maybe 2012 something like that 2012 2011 it was through max kaiser on rt oh yeah Russian um, times yeah the max yeah report <laughs> on the kaiser report yeah and you know he was he's 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 interesting because he's fascinated with um kind of like the financialization and the fraud that's involved with the different banks and this and that and this was mm-hmm. you know cl- near a um or just after you know the 2008 situation and going on it was also weird because it was going the european debt crisis situation and it looked like greece might leave the european union and they had to get bailed out and there was all this kind of weirdness going on so i was just a kid trying to figure out how to make sense of the world i guess and i was i'm still you know trying to make sense of the world that's that's why i'm down this this road um Mm -hmm. but uh and I, I, I was living in Mexico at the time, and I've been in Canada for about six years, just as a side note. Um, and uh, I was working in Mexico, and I would make Mexican pesos, right? So, and the Mexican peso, like, I would make 750 pesos every quincena, as it's called, every two weeks, every pay cycle. And 750 pesos is like $50 Canadian, right? So I would make about $100 a month Canadian. Uh, you know, times 12 is $1,200, and that's assuming I didn't miss a day of work. Or, or, or whatever. Um, so $1,200 a year, I thought. And so it took me a lot. And my thing, I wanted to save up to buy a phone. I wanted to buy a Nexus, the Nexus 4. I still remember this back in the day. Um, so I was like saving, saving up some money for this. And it took me about a year to save up for this phone, about 300 US. To, it took me about a year, maybe a little longer to, to save. And, um, you know, I, and because I have my Canadian roots as well, I would come up here and I would see everyone kind of drive around in their nice cars and, their, and there's nice houses and there's nice things and everyone's got a nice phone and nice clothes and, you know, uh, you know, there's nice restaurants and things like that. I was like, wait a minute. Well, why, why do, why does this, why does Canada have all of that and Mexico doesn't, right? Or at least my area didn't. Like, wh- why, mm-hmm. right? Well, there's a lot of factors to that, right? You could talk about this all day, but uh, one of the, one of the, big factors is the is the strength of the currency right um so my peso doesn't go very far at all because i have to shell out a ton of them um to buy a bag of chips or whatever right or some food or whatever 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, whereas here is just, you know, at least back then, right. It was like, I don't know, two bucks for a, for a bag of chips or whatever. But so with, so I was already kind of aware of the inflation situation and how that kind of worked. Uh, also Mexico had a horrible decade, but Mexico had a lost decade. Um, mm-hmm. nine, 1982 to 1992, I was born in 95. So the country was still reeling from that. And in the mid mm-hmm. in the mid nineties, they were still just kind of limping along and trying to recover. So, um, uh, so yeah, so this this inflation thing is no joke. It'll it'll screw up a, a generation, uh, and it'll it's tough to recover. So 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 anyway, yeah. So I was kind of like primed to understand it. So Max Kaiser kind of came into the picture and try and explained it. And you know, me being uh, a bit young, uh, I I didn't really. F- fully put the pieces together but i had an instinct it was just a feeling a gut feeling that this is going to mm-hmm. be something significant and i would mm-hmm. i was telling everyone about it and people thought i was crazy you know especially in 2012 talking about this like you wouldn't find another bitcoiner for a thousand miles right especially in mexico but well, a thousand miles to the north which is in the states right so mm-hmm. um uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I kind of came across it. And then it really clicked three years ago, uh, when it's, when, when COVID hit and then mm-hmm. Michael Saylor started buying uh Bitcoin at around mm-hmm. the same time I did. And then he started, mm-hmm. you know, there was some content of his that came out. And when mm-hmm. I saw him, I was like, Oh my God, I, I am on the right path for sure. So mm-hmm. that's when I doubled down on it. So mm-hmm. yeah. 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 You're, you and I have very similar stories. I also like learned about Bitcoin pretty early on and read the white paper like around the same year that you did, you described, but not from through Max Kaiser, but then really only got serious about it like March of 2020. And then mm-hmm. again, as I heard Sailor go, go into it with his, you know, public company, it's like, well, now this is absolutely a no brainer. Yeah. And, and the way he explains it too, it's just, it gives you total confidence in it. Like after you listen to him speak for a few hours, you know? Yeah, because he uses first principles, right? It's not like he's like waving his hand and just being like, just trust me. He's just laying it out in a very informal language where it's not trying to uh, impress you with anything, but trying to explain things as clearly as possible. He's very good at that as an engineer, whatever he is. As an engineer, and so, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a great way for a technical person because it's not for everybody, to, though, to be honest, because some people are very primed to be able to, like, hear what he has to say and kind of uh, let that sink in. But other people, it's not it's not for them. They need, like, a more of a almost like an artistic <laughs> rather than a technical yeah, explanation yeah. or maybe a philosophical right. one. And it's and it's tough to explain, too. It's kind of like trying to explain the Internet in the 90s. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they, people would compare it back then to highway for example the information superhighway was the narrative uh one of the mm-hmm. narratives around it is like mm-hmm. okay is the internet a highway or is it what is it it's you know mm-hmm. uh, who knows and then it kind of evolved to it's like okay it's kind of a peer-to-peer information transfer system where your computer talks to my computer and i can send you some information and you can send me some information and we can share things with each other and that can be a global thing um, mm-hmm. so, so Bitcoin is the kind of a step further of that is it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's an exchange of information for sure. Cause the transaction is an exchange of information, but it's, it's an, ex- it's a transfer of value and settlement mm. that is, you know, that is trustless, uh, that, you know, that we both agree that, Hey, this has value 
and we don't mm-hmm. have to trust each other, but we can trust Bitcoin so we can transact with it. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. One a couple mm-hmm. things jump out at me as you're saying that a lot of times I think instead of saying trustless, I prefer saying trust minimized because ultimately it's impossible to be completely trustless. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always some level of trust involved, like as a person who has no idea with like how to code, right? Like uh, I'm trusting <laughs> that the code is 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 legitimate, and all the people who've looked at the code for me, <laughs> they they've done it, they've done a good job, and haven't found any mistakes, right? So there's a little, always a little bit of trust. That's fair. Involved. That's fair. Yeah, and well, and the fact that it's been running for 14 years. Um, with uh without a, without an issue is also kind of gives it some weight behind it is the, yeah, the time that builds it's been confidence. around yeah yeah it's like 99.98 percent run uptime running up run uptime yeah yeah exactly there's there's a site that tracks that and there's only been a couple times it's been down way back in the day when the when mining was inconsistent you know satoshi mm-hmm. had to mine it himself right on his own laptop or desktop or whatever so that was so there was some downtime mm-hmm. there yeah so the other thing that jumped out at me was how you were saying how the people people had a hard time understanding what the internet was initially. And, you know, they would make like these uh, bad comparisons. Well, not bad comparisons, but incomplete comparisons where they'd be like, the internet is like a, a digital newspaper, right? Like it, it, it's part it's partly that, but it's so much more, right? Because a digital newspaper is easy to imagine because we already have regular newspapers, but people didn't imagine all the different other things that could come out of the internet, such as all the video streaming and everything that goes along with that. And I think we have a little bit of a parallel with that with, with Bitcoin, where they say Bitcoin is digital gold. It's like, yes, it, it is digital gold in a way because it's valuable it has the properties for it to be valuable like gold, right? Like all the things we always say, like what is money? It's it's scarce, it's portable, divisible, durable, verifiable, whatever mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. last one is that I can't remember at the moment. Divisible. Right? Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah divisible. divisible. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. Bitcoin has all those qualities. So it's like digital gold, but it's so much more that we can't even imagine what it could be because of the, the applications haven't even come out yet are just like... We need time to build the infrastructure and right. Cause like video streaming on the internet didn't happen overnight. That infrastructure had to be built over, over decades as well. It had to be built. And you know, I really like the, the store of value narrative around it. Cause it's like, cause when people say it's like digital gold, what that means is that it has the, it has the, the monetary premium, right? So we were talking about earlier, but with real estate, it's got the utility mm-hmm. value and it's mm-hmm. got a monetary premium on top of it. Well, mm-hmm. this kind of the Bitcoin, it's got a utility to it, but it, like if you would just if you if even if you took away the utility, it has it could just be a pure monetary premium, where mm-hmm. the where the 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 value is is derived from like its its scarcity, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, there is no utility in- basically for for Bitcoin if you think about it. It's utility is only in the fact that it it's money, so it's only the mon- monetary premium. Now some it's people only, I think. Yeah used to say that in order for something to be money, it had to start off as a commodity, as a good that actually had some sort of utility. Um, But I think it's like, that's a description of what happened in the past because of just like the natural course of history, like gold, right, is a good that, that people 
you know, traded with, with that eventually became money. But it doesn't necessarily mean that people can't just invent money and have all the same properties that made gold a good money. So therefore, it's actually good because it makes it the monetary premium that Bitcoin has is not um, mixed with the value of the utility that it provides. So it's more of a pure exactly. signal. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's the it's really the the, the that's because the utility value also it interferes with the price it, price discovery as it's, as it's called and uh, mm -hmm. is, is the you know people trading it back and forth to kind of find a particular price balance right so if you don't have mm -hmm. a utility for it then all you have is the market the actual market price for something right mm -hmm. so and obviously Bitcoin is still very crazy volatile and is still trying to find its value right so right. here we are. Yeah, it's like less than 1% of the population of, of the globe knows or understand, actually just understands, let's say. I think probably a lot of people know about it at this point, just like they've heard the word, but uh, definitely less than 1% understands and uses it. So, and that, you know, is the large part of the reason why you have such volatility is that there's so few people actually using it. <laughs> that uh, the price is constantly changing all the time. But as more and more people are going to be coming on and understanding and uh, accepting this this idea, which you and I, I think, both believe that it's highly likely that people will be driven to accept this idea because otherwise they're going to be facing some dire consequences with whatever their local kind of government is is doing to them, whatever the flavor, the local flavor is. <laughs> Mm -hmm. the, the the flavor of authoritarianism mm -hmm. <laughs> of the day mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you know to to your point of um uh of using bitcoin because people say like well we, we're not really using it so we're not really i think what people mean when when they when people say use is transacting in it back and forth mm -hmm. and that's fair uh, but I, I use Bitcoin every single day and I've used Bitcoin every day for the past three years when I first started dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin and how I use it every day is by, by, by keeping my savings, my long-term savings in it. That mm -hmm. is a huge, that is a huge use, right? It's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not sending a lot of it to other people. I'm not, you know, using it at the store and things like that. Um, but I, I use it uh, as a savings account, right? Like I think I got like $14 in my actual savings account. Um, and then I, you know, I have, you know, my and my checking is the expenses that I got coming up and my savings is all in Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think most people, if you ask them, like nobody really uses a, a savings account anymore because all a savings account is is a basically an interest-free loan to the bank, right? Like you just put your money in the bank. The bank says, thank you very much. Now I'm going to pay you almost nothing for this money and I'm going to take it and go buy something else with it. <laughs> so there's... And you're going to go buy, by the way, go buy bonds go with buy, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And get screwed like they are right now. But oh, by the way, like uh, even if you put that money there there's still like inflation is happening. So the value of that money is going down as well. So nobody does that. Instead, what they do is like what you said, they've been buying up houses, they've been buying up stocks, uh, anything else, right? Whatever, like they can't keep it money for very long because it's, it's, a, it's a waste. 
So I think it's just as value, like it's impossible to save it with fiat money. You got to use something else like, like real estate, like stocks. And now you're using Bitcoin for it. And that's probably the best option out there, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we both think it's the best option out there. And right, but right now, like the, the common kind of mental consensus between people is, is, uh, stocks and, uh, and real estate are the two biggest ones. Um, and if you kind of think about it, maybe a hundred years ago or 200 years ago, um, people, maybe, I don't know, let's just think about maybe in the Nordic countries when the, when they first invented those boats that can, you know, move across the ocean, uh, the Atlantic to get to the Americas. And, um, I, I would bet you people would buy up, uh, some of these boats as an asset to store their, their, their wealth in. Right. As because, OK, now I, I have this boat now I can use it to transport myself and it's going to hold its value. And then I can sell it to someone else who really, really badly wants to get to the Americas. And if someone wants something really, really badly, they'll give up anything for it. They'll just they'll cough up as much money as, as possible, everything for it. Right. So so people would store their value 200 years ago, possibly. I'm speculating here, of course, and like in a on in a boat. Right. That could get you places. Today we store it in a home, which you can use to shelter yourself with, um, mm -hmm. which the which the supply is very low of. Uh, so so you know it's interesting mm -hmm. how this this kind of evolves over time. And if it wasn't a boat, it was something else, and or, or whatever the case may be, right? So I think we have, we have found the ultimate store of value asset. Uh, there is to mm -hmm. be discovered in in mankind and. Maybe even I might even go as far as to say in the universe, right? Because it's only 21 million Bitcoin. Uh, you know, you can't go mine it on some other planet uh, and extract more of it. There is only 21 million of these things in the entire universe. Uh, so, yeah, I think the aliens would be actually quite proud of us. Like this is, hey, this is actually a pretty neat invention here. <laughs> That's funny. That's a funny way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we've been seeing all these UFO sightings recently. They're like, oh, right. UFOs. Oh, my goodness. It's definitely not a distraction. It's not like the submarine. Hey, look at this while we go do that. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not misdirection. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So let's, um, I like that you brought up use, using Bitcoin. So you mainly use it for, for your savings. Have you ever uh, made a have you ever made a transaction where you've bought something with it? Yeah, a couple of times at these at the at the meetups. I got the copy of the Bitcoin magazine. So that was that was the first thing I bought with it and then recently I bought uh, another copy of the Bitcoin Standard and the Sovereign Individual with it. So I bought a couple books with it. Yeah, and then of course I re I had to sell some cuz I had to buy a suit for a wedding. So I've had to swap it for dollars and then buy mm -hmm. a suit and I got myself a good suit because I figured uh, it's good for, for a man to have at least one good suit. You should have one good suit. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely record everything down and then like in 10 years, see how much that same suit would be worth <laughs> to buy in Bitcoin. <laughs> and then that'll be like the ultimate shutdown of the gold people because that's always the story about gold, right? Over like thousands of years, the same amount of gold will get you the get you a nice suit or something like that. People always like right. to claim that. It's like, well, with Bitcoin, the amount that you need to buy a suit goes down <laughs> in a decade. Goes down. Yeah, exactly. That's the important thing to look at is that the, the price goes down gradually over time if you hold Bitcoin, but the price goes up if you hold the dollar. Yeah, dollars. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's just mm-hmm. the perspective, the perspective. But yeah, I sold a bunch of sats for it, man. And I remember like, you know, I, I remember like as soon as I sold them, I'm like, I'm going to regret this in about in a few years for sure. But it's going to be a great story. So we're just going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's also like that's this is what um, people always say, like, oh, so people are just going to be hoarding money or hoarding Bitcoin. They're not going to use it to like stimulate the economy. It's like that's bullshit because there's always like a marginal basis that you do this economic calculation. You don't think like, oh, I have uh, all this opportunity for this Bitcoin to grow in value. So I'm not going to spend it on anything. That's just stupid. It's like, well, I still have to do stuff. I still have to feed myself. I have to clothe myself. I have to shelter myself. So I will try to save as much as possible. But if I have to make pay for expenses, like you're going to do it. You have to, yeah. And I have a little bit of a rebuttal to that, actually, because people people uh, say like, well, I don't know, millionaires or billionaires just hoard their wealth, right? And then there's, you can also have the conversation of well, how they acquired that wealth, right? Maybe mm-hmm. some of it was maybe not the, the, the most ethical way. And we could, that's, that's fair, right? But generally, how you generate wealth is by creating value for other people right? So you create all kinds of value for other people and then you get the cash or you get the Bitcoin in this particular situation. And if you never expend it back out, you don't get that reward back from society, right? Right. Like, because money's not what you want. You want what money can buy, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. essentially, if you're someone who provides a lot of uh, value to others through providing products or services that everyone wants, and then you get a lot of money for for doing that then you know you're you're going you're going to naturally want to spend that money to get the things that you desire that you that you want if you if like you're never going to not spend money like you don't no one wants just money you want the things that they want that they you can acquire with money yeah yeah otherwise you just work and work and work and work and work and save and save and save and save and produce value for other people and then never cash that in for something that you want you can do that if you want. You're free to do so, but I, I'm not. I, you know, I'm eventually gonna do something with it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a nonsensical argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so for for me, I've been using my my Bitcoin for when I go to yoga. Recently, I've been going to yoga fairly uh, regularly, like once a week, and my yoga teacher has been gracious enough to accept payments in Bitcoin. So we do we do lightning payments and once a week. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's that's... it's it's cool. And then another thing that I recently happened is I found a sweet little barber shop next to where I'm living at, and like two minute walk away. And the mm. dude he 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 accepts. Uh, he prefers getting cash. He he so he's only partially orange pilled, <laughs> but he, right. he he'll take his tip in Bitcoin. <laughs> He takes his tip in Bitcoin. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, he's got his expenses too, right? So, you you know, I understand that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Oh, cool. So as he's cutting your hair, you're talking to him about it. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is, you got to just mm-hmm. use this for long-term safety. You know, once you acquire it, don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't touch it. Just accumulate as much as you can. Yeah, I was, I was just like... Uh trying to sneak it Bitcoin into the conversation as much as possible. So he was like <laughs> talking about how barber was the second ever profession. 
And then I was like, everybody claims to be the second ever profession, you know, like everyone's like, yeah, prostitutes were the first and then whatever I'm doing right now is the second profession, right? So I, I kind of made fun of him a little bit for that. And then we started talking about what it is to be a professional. And I was like, well, the obvious definition for what it is to be a professional is that somebody pays you for your time. And then mm -hmm. once we started talking about paying and time, that was a easy in for Bitcoin. And then... <laughs> There's so, there's, there's yeah. so many, there's so many innings of that you can get, you know, get the conversation started with Bitcoin. I was like, oh, housing is so expensive. I can't believe it. And it only goes up and I can't mm -hmm. believe it. It is just such an injustice. And I'm like, okay, well, you're looking at it through the dollar lens. You're, that's what you're measuring it with, right? So mm -hmm. just measure it with this other thing and mm -hmm. then expand that over time and, and see, mm -hmm. and yeah, but you have to. But that's too that's too much, right? Because you know people are used to using the dollar. So, but but anyway, I I digress. Because boy, I, we I love talk that about though. That. It yeah. it took me a long time. No, you're right. It is a hard one to, for people to understand. It took me a long time to t understand that we're using money as a measuring stick. And then not only that, but it's also a measuring stick that's broken that constantly changes. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. even more confusing. It's so abstracted, right? Right. Exactly. The whole like unit of account uh, aspect of money that's always like almost um, put by the wayside and not talked about, but it's a very important aspect of it, right? Like once we accept something as money, then we use it as a measuring stick and we think of everything as money. It's like, well, I'll give you, you know, such and such amount of money if you uh, shovel my driveway and you can quickly think about that money and be like, is that worth my time or not? Um so you're using it as this measuring stick, but then they're playing a trick on you because they're changing the total number of units all the time. And the measuring stick is getting like longer or shorter. You pick whichever one constantly. And you just like whatever measurement you made a week ago is not the same as the one today. And now you can't make economic calculations anymore. And you start right. making bad ones. Right. The, the foundation just isn't there. You know, this, if the foundation of sand kind of shifts and changes and uh, you get a lot of pessimism, too, from people because it's just like there's a lot of like hopelessness. Right. So that's a, that's one of that's one thing that Bitcoin's really given me is uh, is some hope. Right. Especially living in an expensive city like this is like, OK, well, what can I do right now, even if I don't have my world together in terms of job wise and what I'm doing and what can I you know, what, what am I providing to optimally increase my revenue? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, okay, well I can, I can manage to save. So what do I save in? Do mm -hmm. I save in the dollar? Do I save in gold? Do I save in a stock? Do I save in Bitcoin? Right. And then you have an option there. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to your measuring stick analogy, it's, people aren't even aware that it's broken, right? People aren't aware that it changes on them constantly. Or there's a few people at the central bank you know, arbitrarily deciding what the value of your savings are, right? And and you don't know what that's going to be like in five years and ten. We don't even, we don't even know. Like we got a uh, an interest rate hike just today. It's like well, and then you know, it's like well, there's a market expectation that they're going to raise eighty five. You know, uh, there's an eighty five percent chance of a of a rate hike, uh, but there's a chance that they're not going to raise, right? And then and then people say like, well, this 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 rate hike was the last. This we're done, man, because we can't take anymore. And then there's another one, right? It's like we can't even predict what happens next month, not even let alone in a year from now, ten years from now. So 
So that's mm-hmm. something I really like about Bitcoin is that its monetary policy is set in stone forever. Mm-hmm. You know, if a hundred years from now, you can kind of see like, we don't know what the management of my company is going to be like in, in five years, you know, like people don't last forever. It's an institution. The CEO eventually is going to retire and then there's going to be some new person in there or whatever. Right. And who knows how that's mm-hmm. going to be managed. So this, this is something that you can kind of count on that you can kind of ground yourself in and just go along for that ride. Right. And then hope the market gets it at some point soon and we all uh see the orange light as you, if you will <laughs> right so mm-hmm. so people always say we're so early right imagine internet in the 90s that's where we are with bitcoin do you have like an idea how a transition could happen from where we are now to a more Bitcoinized world where people are using it as not only a store of value, but as a medium of exchange as well. And a unit of account. It's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a big question, man. It's a big question. And you know, there was this, um, this whole ordinals things that happened a while back, uh, that pushed up the transaction, uh, price on the, on the base chain. And I'm using some lingo here that may not be, you know, not everyone understands, but basically, you know, Bitcoin, because it was created in 2009, uh, it has certain limitations when it comes to transactions. So, um, you know, if we onboard 8 billion people onto the base layer uh, of Bitcoin on the first layer of its first of its blockchain, uh, and we try to, you know, buy a coffee with it, or we try to buy some groceries with it constantly, um, then that will push up the price of uh, transaction fees, right? And it might get to a point where it's not feasible for people mm-hmm. to make that transaction. So this mm-hmm. is where, you know, having that layer two is very critical. The, mm-hmm. the, uh, lightning right now, these days it's lightning. Maybe in a few years it might be something else, but a layer two solution that is decentralized, quote unquote, enough, right? So it's mm-hmm. because it's, it's got to be decentralized. It's probably going to have more of a degree of centralization, probably because of the nature of, of the, you know, of the, of the software there. It's not totally decentralized, but, mm-hmm. um, it has to be decentralized enough so that there is no risk. There's no counterparty risk, uh, for that transaction to, to either be censored or stopped or, or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. so it's and a tough to question. be open to everyone, right? And like for it to be that... open and everyone and, and for it to be affordable, right? Because it needs to be mm-hmm. it needs to cost in a, a two or three sats or whatever per transaction. Otherwise it's not feasible. You know, there's nothing that we can't do as humans if we don't if we if we if we put our mind to it. Right? Like if we put our mind to it, we will definitely figure out a, a solution to the scaling of anything because humans we're great at scaling. That's our we love to scale everything. Right? Like uh like going back to the boat analogy where we had wooden boats and then we had iron boats and we got steel boats. And now we have uh, alloy boats with all kinds of, you know, aluminum and other metals combined. And we have these enormous boats and then we move them globally. Uh, we have huge skyscrapers and things. So so we're good at scaling. People, we're, as humans, we're fantastic at scaling. Mm-hmm. So, so we can, I'm sure if we get our collective minds together, we can figure out a way to scale this thing. Now, as you know, there might be some kind of, weirdness along the way people might say oh well this thing is unfair because look at the the transaction fees uh 
that, uh, that, that it's just unfeasible, but that pain, um, kind of triggers a little bit of growth in the, in the, Mm -hmm. in the industry as well. It's like, okay, well, let's figure Mm -hmm. out how to scale this thing uh, a bit better. Just as the last thing that the fiat system is degrading slowly, 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 then suddenly, right. And then it's been accelerating ever since COVID hit and the huge stimulus. And then, you know, the, the rate hikes after, because, you know, we've been interest rates have been going down steadily for 40 years, right? So as, as Max Kaiser says, this extend and pretend, you know, mm-hmm. you drop the interest rates and then you extend the maturity and then you roll over and you refinance that debt with lower interest debt. Uh, and then you just pretend like everything's fine. Well, that, that scam is now over and it was, it's been over for about a year and there's been consistent blowups in the system since, since then. Uh, it started in the crypto, crypto space, right? With Luna was the, for kind of kicked it off. All the way mm-hmm. to F, and then everything else uh, from Three Arrows Capital, and then it was uh, Celsius, um, BlockFi FTX. went under, and then FTX came, and then Silicon Valley Bank in March, uh, uh, First Republic Bank collapsed. Mm-hmm. I think there was another one in there. Uh, Silvergate. Oh yeah, Cre- Silvergate, yeah, and then Credit Suisse was one of these uh, one of these systemically important banks. Uh, which is hilarious because mm-hmm. Credit Suisse called Bitcoin a uh, a fad and uh, and whatever it's not going to exist in ten years and here we are a few le- a few years later and they don't exist they've been absorbed yeah. by UBS so you know that's you know all you have to do is uh, uh, outlast your competitor right so for example the the US and the Allies won the Cold War because we uh, we were able to outspend the Soviets right because we had a much larger economy we just outspend them. And then they'll just mm-hmm. end up collapsing. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I think that you know, how we get to that, hopefully it's not too painful. But that, I don't know. You know, that's why it's important to stack uh, enough for you, your family, and for your, your circle of friends. And then maybe even a little, you might want to expand that to your city or maybe your country if you can. Who knows? So, so oh, yeah. I was thinking big. Yeah, man, you got to bail out, you got to bail out people, you know, you have to, you have to be, I mean, you know, don't give everything away, but just, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Well, you've got a big heart. It sounds like you want to help out people. That's good. I want to help out people too. (laughs) You're talking about scaling Bitcoin. So you're talking about a, almost like a technical solution for making it more accessible to more people. But what about the whole idea virus right aspect of it how do do you have any ideas as as to like how that goes about in terms of the spread of it well that's a great question i think like you know there's kind of like there's the positive reinforcement and there's negative reinforcement um if you're trying to like for in your fitness training right that you can you can use positive reinforcement and, and the negative reinforcement, um, given the correct circumstances, for example, if you're trying to uh, discipline your child, the negative reinforcement might be more effective and might not, but it's, it's, it's more painful, right? So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is just, is that you absolutely have to, and there's no other choice. Now the world may get to that point. I really don't know. And who knows? Because, you know, this, uh, there was people calling for the end of the financial 
financialized world back in 2008 and that didn't happen. People were calling it back in 2020 and that hasn't happened. Now it's accelerated and now people are calling it for this year or next year or two years from now. And who knows, you know, if, if, if you know, the central banks or the, or the globalists or whatever you want to call them or, um, the, yeah, the quote, <laughs> un, the quote unquote, right? Figure out a way to keep the peasants happy and fed. You know, fed, ha- get fed and entertained, right? Because you have people, ha- you just have to feed people and entertain bread them. Bread and circus. The bread and circuses, that's that's it, right? So as, as long as you're fed and housed, and then that's going to keep people happy. Um, and there may not be a need for it. I'm not saying, or, or maybe as a short-term need for it, maybe in another decade or so. Who knows? But there's there's always some kind of wiggle room, right? And there's a debate on like mm. whether or not there's any wiggle room left. Because if there mm-hmm. isn't, then then it's going to be a negative reinforcement um, mm-hmm. uh, to to adopt it. Uh, other otherwise, like maybe it's just with time, right? Like okay, well this at this this currency depreciates and this currency appreciates. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, um, with this currency that depreciates, now they're introducing a central bank digital currency where they where whereby you you have to be a good little boy, a good little citizen to 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 be able to go buy your food you know so don't you know don't step out of line otherwise you get cut off from your food right mm-hmm. so i'm like well okay well this is ridiculous uh mm-hmm. so okay so this one appreciates in value relative mm-hmm. to this one and you have mm-hmm. more freedom and you have actually mm-hmm. total freedom right uh, and mm-hmm. you can you can move it anywhere in the world things like that right so it's just i think it'll catch on just because it's it's just better Right? right, and I it it just takes time for people to really kind mm-hmm. of sink in, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, it's kind of like the S curve of adoption, right? Where but but the use case and the store value thing is a lot of a slower chug than say mm-hmm. AI, for example. AI had a it has the biggest um, or the or the quickest S curve adoption and of any technology in history. It really, just yeah? exploded. Yeah, it just exploded. And I, I remember seeing that stat and I thought this is hilarious because I've been buying Bitcoin for a few years now. And the S-curve of adoption is just kind of st- just steadily kind of increasing slowly, slowly, slowly. But this AI thing just went boom, just exploded. Um, and I hadn't even used it yet, which I thought <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think people just slowly. Um, I love to speculate on these things, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Right. So I, I like your idea. There's positive and negative reinforcement. And mm-hmm. there's going to be the negative reinforcement of whatever, like we already said, dictatorial regime you're under and how screwed you are by them. And there's, there's going to be the positive reinforcement of maybe you try it. Maybe you find how to use it here and there. And then it turns out using it is actually easier, better for you than whatever current system you could be using. And that positive reinforcement helps you realize that this is your thing. And then you try to tell your friends about it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be or, like, how, how how lopsided is it going to be for positive versus negative? It seems like there's going to be a lot more negative reinforcement than positive reinforcement. <laughs> yeah, it's it's possible. And, 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 and you know, uh, another thing that just occurred to me is also when you travel, because um, uh, developing countries are adopting this at a much faster pace than developed countries are. For obvious reasons, you know, their their currency is devaluing very, very quickly. They have, you know, governments that aren't quite the best. They have more, uh, you know, just corrupt governments than we do. 
um, mm-hmm. at least perceived, right? Uh, the governments hide the corruption a lot better here. But so it's going to be El Salvador, right? Like that's going to be the country that we we look at in like five to ten years to see what's happening. That's been the only country that's adopted Bitcoin as, as their uh, currency, whatever legal tender. So uh, they're leading the way. They're leading the mm-hmm. way, right? So. You know, people like I've told a few friends here and, you know, I've, I've even said like, hey, you know what? Their 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 government now is uh, is uh, mining Bitcoin using geothermal energy and things like that. And they they always have they are, the, there's always a buyer for that energy. Right. So that that's a, a good way they can monetize that uh, that project without having to distribute it to market and have the market, you know, pay them for the electricity. The network, there's always a buyer for that energy and that's the bitcoin network right so that helps mm-hmm. keeps ch- things chugging um uh so i you know i had a a, a friend of mine like oh that's actually fascinating uh, that's 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 really interesting another thing that i was thinking of as you're talking about how like through travel you'll see the benefits of bitcoin and get that positive reinforcement is you know when you travel the the number one currency that people want abroad is the u.s dollar right you don't necessarily have to have the local currency. If you have the U.S. dollar, a lot of places will accept that as a form of payment. But I think what we're learning is slowly, like it might be you know, U.S. dollar first and maybe the euro is second. But what we're learning is Bitcoin is quickly catching up. It's already well ahead of most national currencies as like probably the sec the second or third most accepted thing abroad as opposed to the local currency like that's already happened and we're so early right right <laughs> and pretty right. soon it's going to be it's going to take over the US dollar as well so that's an interesting thing to think about it's a yeah 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 we just have to get that scaling right and make sure there's mm. it doesn't it doesn't you know crash on us and that it's reliable and that it works and that you know, it's mm-hmm. available 24-7, cheap, fast, available. Cool, man. Well, I think we've covered most things that I wanted to talk about, kind of like your origin story, how you're, you and I kind of use it currently and where we see the future. Um, any last last words? Like, what was like the thing that – have you had a recent – because one thing I find with Bitcoin is there's always new things that I'm kind of learning or new epiphanies that I'm getting – any new epiphanies related to Bitcoin that you've had recently? Uh, good question. I'll, um, I'll share one and let you think about it if you want. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so this isn't necessarily, it's kind of related to Bitcoin, not specific to Bitcoin, but just talking about how the ultimate resource for things is actually not the um, individual like ingredients that make up the thing but it's actually the time that it takes to make it. Uh, Time is the ultimate resource because humans can apply time to make more of anything else, basically. Even scarce things like gold. We can just apply enough time and dig up new gold, but time is the only thing that is uh, non-renewable. It's the only non-renewable resource, so it's, it's the master resource. So rather than thinking about what it costs to you know, make up the things. Let's say you have a product and you want to like price it out based on like the individual components and how expensive those are and how valuable those are. I think the, the ultimate way to do it is actually through time rather than through the actual particles or molecules that compose that thing. 
Right, right. Which is which is why it's so it's so important to think like okay, not only how many dollars per hour are you making in your job, but what do those dollars per hour buy you in the real world, right? Um, so again, it's that measuring stick that's being broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've um, it was actually uh, you know shout out to to this guy is uh, he's uh, on the channel Heresy Financial. Uh, Joseph Brown is his name, and he's got he's got fantastic content, and he's very centered in his in his views, and he's uh, very objective, and he kind of tells you pretty straight. And he's um, you know he's not a he understands Bitcoin. You can tell um, he's not you know diehard pushing it all the time or anything, or, but because he looks at all kinds of different things. But you can tell he gets it, right? And he says um, that money uh, money isn't wealth, right? Money measures wealth within an economy, mm. right? Mm. Uh, so more money doesn't equal more wealth because people say, well, we need a higher minimum wage and we need more money for these people and we need more more uh, for whatever, right? But what you, you don't want more of, again, kind of like, you know, you don't want money, you want the thing that money gets you. Right. So mm-hmm. we have to go and create more value um, mm. uh, for for everyone. Right. Um, so which kind of irks me with people that, you know, are very unproductive and don't want to don't really want to work, don't want to produce and don't want to do things I, like I understand that, you know, it's everything's expensive. And why, why would you bother with that kind of with that kind of dynamic? Right. But that's because mm. you're coming from a fiat kind of reference and not from a, a hard money perspective so if you're if you mm-hmm. can manage to save some money you can you can put it in the strongest uh, asset you ever devised by mankind in my opinion um mm-hmm. so 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 anyway yeah we have to shift from a money focus to a actual value creation focus and that's kind of like what bitcoin's kind of taught me uh recently or mm-hmm. when i heard him say that like money isn't wealth money measures mm-hmm. wealth Right. So mm-hmm. we could have you could have a ton of Bitcoin, but if there's no food at the store, right, there's no farmers to farm. There's no fuel mm-hmm. uh, being delivered to gas stations. That's wealth, right? The electricity that's fl- that's mm-hmm. flowing through through everything that we're using. That's wealth. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's th- those are my yes. final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome, man. That makes me think of that quote that I recently heard from Jeff Booth. He was talking about how when money is scarce all the things that money buys are abundant. But when money is abundant, all the things that it buys are scarce. Are scarce, that's yeah. That's exactly what it made me think of. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's that's the quote. That was Jeff Booth, yeah. Yeah, what's the point of having all this money if there's no yeah, bread you can buy, no electricity running, no water running? Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Thank you so much, Lucas. This was awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you, man. It's It's always a pleasure. Let's do it soon. Yeah, let's do it again. Absolutely. Peace.